It is the middle ground between light and shadow, between science and superstition, and it lies between the pit of man's fears and the summit of his knowledge. This is Time Enough Podcast. Welcome to Time Enough Podcast. It's where we're going beyond today, one step beyond uh, a little bit of a change of pace. Uh, this is Matt here. Hello, Brian. This is Brian here. Yeah, so, did you have this show in mind when you added that and beyond tagline to the podcast? Were you thinking no, of one step no, beyond? Just, or <laughs> No, it just worked out really well. And uh I guess I should explain what I'm <laughs> what I'm doing. I ha- I can talk about whatever I want to on the show. I have no affiliations, but in light of the SAG and uh, WGA strikes, I thought you know Rod Serling would probably be on the picket lines. So maybe I'll just try something Absolutely. a little yeah. different for a month. Uh, which also I think is interesting because one step beyond is uh, as we were saying right before I hit record, or actually before I started the intro. Um, like we've both heard of it, but don't really know much about it. But it's a contemporary to a Twilight Zone. It's kind of in that area. So I thought it'd be interesting to make the comparison. So we're going to do three episodes of One Step Beyond. Um, chase it with Jim Henson's The Cave Cube. God, I wanted to say The Cage. <laughs> the Cube. And, uh, <laughs> and and then we'll get back to your regularly scheduled Twilight Zone. But uh, yeah, I, I guess you called it out. It's like a summer break. That sounds about right. So. Yeah, it's our little summer fling. We're going to go uh, off with another series for a little while. <laughs> now, I did my trivia for today's episode, The Avengers, which I guess you chose because on the uh, Films and Filthy came on for The Avengers. So we're just going to keep avenging here. Yeah, is, I think if you, uh, as we record this, that episode's probably coming out this week, if I'm not mistaken. So. Um, yeah, it, people, when it actually came out about seven hours ago, I think. So. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so, I haven't checked my uh, podcast feed. All right. Yeah, yeah. So just for those uh, fun little serendipitous moments, but um, <laughs> yeah, one step beyond is is a show looking at like kind of paranormal, supernatural things that are based on what are supposed to be real life events, which is a, a yeah. big difference. That, from That's the their gimmick. Yeah, that's their gimmick. They they take anecdotes and basically urban legends, from what I understand. Uh, again, I was we were saying we were going into this. Um, I've heard of the show all my life, and I've never stopped to watch it. I didn't realize it was all over YouTube, and uh, I know there are uh, DVD collections of it. But kind of like old Doctor Who episodes, I think there are some episodes that have maybe been lost to time. So maybe ones we can't see. I'm not sure. <laughs> I need to investigate it more. I know there's a couple of books written about the series. And so I'm I'm really kind of jazzed about it now. I'm going, well, I want to know more about this because it is contemporary, uh contemporaneous or contemporary to Twilight Zone. And it's got a lot of the same sort of tropes. It's got the narrator walking on screen and telling you what's going to be happening like like Serling does. And so you almost wonder who thought of it first when actually probably neither of them did <laughs> it was probably a uh goes back into 50s television but we're less familiar with a lot of it these days so yeah when i started this podcast i um 
I did consider getting this one, but like you said, the DVD sets are like incomplete. It's like, what kind of prints are you getting? They're very public domain. And um, you can watch them on YouTube for the most part. So if it exists. Um, so yeah, this isn't a show that I think you could just do an episode by episode, like, like I do with Twilight Zone, but it is kind of might be, we'll see if it's interesting to drop in, you know, if you're listening and have, have, you know, hot takes, you know, and send them to our, our ex. That is, like, do I not get to say Twitter anymore? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I call it Twixer. You know, just replace the T's with X's. Okay. I guess that works. I don't know. Twixer. Um, I don't know what you want to call it. I was a little concerned, uh, but it does seem that this basically lends itself to trivia in a similar way to a Twilight Zone. So I'm going to do that. Yeah, get your show. You could do whatever you want. Yes. If you start screaming. No, that's that's Mark's job to just start screaming. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Original. I'm Eric trying Day. not to scream because I've I've discovered my hot my mic might be a little too hot for Zoom, and I've heard there's some dropouts in previous episodes. I'm trying not to be too loud. Let me know if you hear me cut out. I don't go with a cool radio voice yeah <laughs> the original air date here was april 25th 1961 as with all one step beyond episodes this was directed by john newland the guy who also narrates on screen writing credits go to martin benson merwin gerard and lawrence b marcus benson had more stock as an actor appearing in the omen the king and i and goldfinger Gerard was a serious writer for this show, as well as its later follow-up, The Next Step Beyond. Marcus has writing credits on films such as The Stuntman and Witness for the Prosecution. Andre Morel was our unrepentant Nazi, General Gunther Hauptmann. He also appeared in Ben-Hur as a Sextus and The Bridge on the River Kwai. Lisa Gastoni was Marianne. She appeared in films such as Wake Up and Die, Come Play With Me, and <laughs> Submission. Not going to lie, none of those ring a bell with me, but it is one of those like fun title listing sequences somehow. <laughs> Sounds a little saucy. <laughs> I don't know. The priest was Stanley Van Beers. He passed away right after this episode was aired, but he did ring a bell Ooh. with me as he appeared on Patrick McGowan's Danger Man which is the precursor to The Prisoner, which I did an entire podcast on. Well, let's see. When did this episode air? 61? Was Danger Man already on the air in 61? I didn't realize it went back quite that far. Danger Man, I think the first series was quite early on. And um, the fourth series is like five years later. So there's a big gap where they don't make Danger Man. But yeah, they made them in 1960, 61. Then I think they don't make any more to like 64, 65, something like that. So... Yeah, that's yeah. unusual. Wow. Okay. For Brit- so that's is it call a hiatus TV? for British TV. <laughs> it's not so. I don't know if it's unusual for British TV. Um, oh, okay. Well, yeah. Yeah, I, I've seen, I can think of a lot of shows where like Red Dwarf. Okay, we'll make one now, and five years from now, we'll make another one. Okay, yeah, so. <laughs> I mean, the, the two Faulty Towers series are quite removed from each other, and it sounds like they're going to have a third, even more removed. <laughs> I don't know what the word is on that, but uh, I feel like it's it was a while ago. I heard they're going to do more Faulty Towers, but I haven't seen it yet. So hey, John John Newland, he's kind of like Serling on steroids, isn't he? Because he's doing the narration at the beginning, but he's also the director. Uh, yes. I wasn't clear if he was a writer, because he's he does not include in these writing credits. Serling's mostly behind the scenes, otherwise doing the writing, but it sounds like John's behind the camera as opposed to behind the hot typewriter. <laughs> yeah. To keep the show running. 
Very he does seem happy, less iconic when you see him on screen, but he does seem more comfortable to be on screen than Serling, you know, which uh, maybe keeps him from having an edge. I don't know. I mean, at least a memorable edge. I mean, he's fine, but uh, well, he, you know. he doesn't have the the the, the dry teeth. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he's got properly <laughs> moistured teeth. Uh, so I, I'm not going to tell you you need to do. Uh, impression of him because I wouldn't know what that is anyway but if you would like to read the prologue in any way you'd like uh, go for it oh this is this, this is you I, I don't get to do my bad Serling impression I got I you could if you wanted bad uh, my bad Newland impression let's see <laughs> <clears throat> Chateau de la Mar 78 kilometers southwest of Paris in stay part of the glory of the French aristocracy now it's a haunted house, or at least so it is said. These were next to the last tenants, the Marquis de Lamar, his Marquise and their daughter, whom they call Fleur. Next to the last tenants, because the chateau was occupied briefly in 1943, occupied according to one report by both the living and the dead. All right, you even made it through my typo. Very nice. Unlike the Twilight <laughs> Zone, I actually had to like play the episode and uh, dictate to get the prologue because they're just not—they're not just on Wiki. Like, they're not published anywhere, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like so I have Wikipedia. to—I have to transcribe it myself. Um, I don't know and, if I sounded at all like John Newland. I'll try to do better next time. There probably won't be a next time because they're only going to be doing three of these. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I might come back and pop in another one or two if people like it. So if, if people do want to, you know, hear about One Step Beyond a bit more, you know, get back to me again. So I'm always interested about that sort of thing. But um, yeah, we basically have like a creepy, a, a World War II kind of haunted house thing, you know. Nazis who deserve anything horrible that's happening, I guess. <laughs> and there's no sign of Iron Man or Thor or any of those people. That's no, called no. the Avengers. I know. You, or Mrs. Peel or Mr. Steed. So I, I was don't about know to say you don't even know. get a steed here. So um you just get creepy Nazi dudes. Um I definitely uh, I don't remember the name, but they, they did choose the super Disneyland looking castle to you know, be the uh, establishing shot for this. I thought that was fun. <laughs> who knows what castle that is? I, someone could probably identify it. I'm sure there are castle nerds out there. Who yeah, and because there is the one that, um, I guess it's, um, you know, the Disney World, the Sleeping Beauty Castle resembles. I I, I know that one, but this is more like the uh, L.A. Disneyland, the Cinderella's Castle. Would you it? think it was a French castle or a German castle? I don't yeah, know. I was, yeah, I assume it was a French castle, which is why it would be the more Cinderella thing. But a very fantastic site for for this place um, where they're having one of those war parties, I guess. Well, actually, a war party sounds sounds very different. But uh, yeah, well, that's the thing. Okay, getting the, the, the plot of the story. It's like he's going to have a party. So what's it? there's a German general. He has a uh, a French girlfriend he picked up recently apparently and they're hanging out in this french castle and he wants to have a party based on the previous tenants from 150 years ago yeah that's okay. right which i well i don't know you know sometimes you hear about the the occult side of the germans hess all that sort of stuff so there might have been some kind of 
you know, I, this is like what based on the real world events. I'm going to sit here and think of the actual motivations of people to do this, right? It's kind of <laughs> right. like a stranger, like like we're going to recreate the last party from 150 years ago. Like if that was purely fictional, yeah, that doesn't really hold together very well. So that's where the show is like, okay, it's supposed uh, to be fact crazy. is stranger than fiction. Yeah, a writer have to justify it, but in, if this is a an anecdote or a story from yeah from world war ii you have to like just well okay this is what happened i was just wondering what the deal killer was since he's like we have to recreate everything including the music i'm like what if, what if they played the beach boys album summer in paradise at that last party <laughs> you know <laughs> now you're stuck with that <laughs> well yeah the music's the first weird thing that happens um in that uh he hires some musicians but then he hears music coming from elsewhere in the house and he storms into this room and pulls aside a, a divider and there's nothing there. At first I thought maybe there was a phonograph or something explaining why there was sound, but there was just simply nothing there. So that was the first creepy thing that happened. Maybe the second, because I think there was the girl laughing, the daughter of the marquee from in the past. You hear her laughter briefly. I think only the, the French, the French girlfriend heard it. Yeah. Sure. Oh, the creepiest thing is we we left out like the uh, I think we just buried the headline of this party where he's going to what bring in oh, a yeah. bunch of he's going to bring in like a bunch of people from like the camps or something and then what like surprise I'm sending you to the gas chambers or something is the I think he's sending them to the camps I think there were people oh who, right 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 earmarks to go to the camps but he was going to give them a big party send them off which is pretty twisted I mean let's you know let's get down to the basics here this german general is really twisted <laughs> no i wrote in my notes i guess he wants to pull a reverse schindler you know <laughs> yeah really i don't <laughs> so you have to kind of pick up on all this you only have like less than 30 minutes to try to get all these pieces together and there's a lot of exposition really going on but um yeah it's it's a, a, a weird setup for a ghost story but then essentially we start getting ghost story things we get voices we get music and um what there wasn't too much more what was hmm. well it's not a well-attended party he invites 50 people that he's going to send to the camps but he gets he, one shows up when that happens you should probably assume that person's the wolverine or something but you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah the actor who uh who didn't live long beyond this he did he did look familiar to me and i was trying to place him but i don't think i've ever seen him before really he has a certain um i don't know he looked a little rasputin to me he put a beard on him he could have been rasputin <laughs> but he was just a local priest apparently yeah maybe that's why i was thinking of the wolverine but yeah, he gets there and and just for a minute, like when they're getting ready to have dinner, because I guess they're going to do it anyway. Um, <laughs> like it kind of felt like the Rocky Horror dinner setup. Just that this is a very gothic episode, right? So, <laughs> right. Um, I mean, I, I doubt that movie was like referencing this specifically, but it really did feel similar. So I thought that was interesting. Um, so we. We do get uh, an explanation, though, as to why those people didn't show up, right? Because yeah. the girlfriend basically ratted out the general's plans. <laughs> as is the correct thing to do. <laughs> yeah. It's like, no, she's not just, uh, you know, um, a plaything for him. She has a mind of her own. She realizes that he's, you know, evil and she's thwarted. And and uh, then she pays the price for it, <laughs> unfortunately. 
I mean, you were saying we're a store where it's Iron Man, but we, we really need Indiana Jones to punch him. I mean, this is, <laughs> that's more of the vibe of this episode, I think, you know? Um, I mean, 1961, you're calling it the Avengers. You don't even have the British show yet, I think. So, like, no, I think it was before the show. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, this well, is the Avengers a- are, I assume, the ghosts of the peasants from 150 years ago who decide to basically storm the castle. And, uh, <laughs> And uh, we see uh, him shooting at a door. We hear a crowd outside, but the door opens. There's no one there. But then suddenly he falls back like he's being attacked, but we don't see anything. And then John Newland wraps it up by saying that he died of a heart attack, but every bone in his body was broken. Duh, duh, duh. So that's when <laughs> I was attack, thinking, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, well, I'm wondering even if they're like, if if the bones are broken, but there's no like physical damage i mean to break bones you have to break flesh too so if he was in bed like without a bruise on him and somehow his bones are all broken that's pretty creepy (laughs) yeah yeah maybe like the unseen ghost mob like that's the only you know they they can't touch flesh only bone i don't know (laughs) (laughs) well maybe uh maybe uh i don't know maybe well, well we're taking this anecdote as a ghost story but it might be that the actual modern day villagers broke in and killed him and um, somehow made it look like a heart attack, but too, but like I said, uh, he would be pummeled if his bones are actually broken. So who knows what, you know, really happened. I did. I guess that's one interesting thing. When we talk about zone episodes, Rod is with this kind of person. Rod is like a despicable man. One who's been mired in the, horrors of war right <laughs> so he's just yeah the, the he'd give prologue you this prologue, prologue, yeah, yeah, this yeah. guy's horrible right i'm looking at the prologue for this again and it's very plainly stated it's more journalistic just like here is the setup it's um it doesn't have as much i guess uh emotional butter as a, a twilight zone prologue has yeah it's not full of uh you know lots of adjectives like rod likes to write his piece of metal this pugnacious you know whatever <laughs> right right so it is a i guess again being like supposedly real events it's a little more journal i'm not saying it's journalistic but that's like the tone right that we're being a little more like um fair and balanced maybe i don't know <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's, let's give the german evil general a chance to you know well it doesn't say day. it doesn't say anything either way it's just like He's here. Right, right, he's doing right. this right it, it, without any without any commentary. Which I don't know. That's an interesting, like, very small stylistic change, but does change the flavor. Because what I thought of more than say Twilight Zone, the twenty-five minute format, of course, makes it feel like a Twilight Zone. But right, um, <laughs> um, I was thinking of sixties films like The Haunting or Haunting of Hill House or um, what's the, is. Don't look back, the Sutherland one. Yeah, like kind of uh, '60s horror, like like the brainier horror, right? Mm. I, I don't know if you've seen the original Haunting or anything, which is a very good movie, um, by the way. <laughs> I'm not like a huge horror fan, so in in, in the sense that uh, uh, a lot of these uh, One Step Beyonds probably are in a horror format, as opposed to Twilight Zone, where you can go off into sci-fi and you know, in in other speculative realms it's not straight up trying to scare you it's just trying to you know mind trip you <laughs> this right. show I mean, seems like it's aimed at scaring you a little bit you know 
Yeah, it's like inherent in the title. Like, okay, this is somewhat based in reality, but can reality take the one step beyond? Whereas the Twilight Zones, we're going to go as whack as we want to because we can't. <laughs> so know? is our question going to be, who went one step beyond? <laughs> that actually was going to be how I was going to phrase phrase the question. But, uh... <laughs> I'm sorry, I stole your thunder. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll keep that, that. That's the only one I really have to change. Um, let's see. I, I just got a few quotes. What did I write down? I like to see what quotes I get. Um, not just a party, a fantastic party. I like they had, they had to make that mm -hmm. distinction. I guess that's part of a Nazi megalomania because, uh, yeah, this this guy's about as Nazi as you can get. Right. I mean, there's there's not really they're not pulling punches here. I but mean, he's, he's like a Francophile. Well, he gets the wig and everything. He's going full 17th century. It's just weird. <laughs> well, he has to, again, that's the occult strain where he has to recreate the thing from 150 years ago, right? My finest wig for the party. See, he didn't He didn't quite do that, I guess. Um, <laughs> then he's like fat shaming his girlfriend like, oh, you don't quite fit in that dress. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, that was that was rude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I found you on the streets. You used to fit in that dress. I was like... <laughs> Screw you, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was um, disappointed because if someone in a TV show or movie says, give me your gun, aren't you supposed to immediately shoot the person who gives you the gun? He didn't do that. He waited another <laughs> five minutes or so, you know. <laughs> um, oh, he what does he threaten to sew the priest's body into the lawn? I thought that was intense. That was a weird turn of phrase. I'm, how do you do that? <laughs> I, I, that's why, why I liked it? it. I mean, that made me think of like David Cronenberg or something. Um, and the other thing that this made me think of, which is, uh, actually is a movie I haven't watched because of reputation, because I don't think I'd like it, which is um, uh, Salo, which is a bunch of bored Nazis setting up in an Italian villa and basically bringing in young people and like, you know, like abusing them and torturing them. So it's not a movie that I feel like watching, but this is a like kind of like the... Um, PG version of, of that, I guess. Uh, well, as much as you can get away with in 1950 television, you know, 1960. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that the Solo is one of the most intensely, like, intense movies. Like, it's, it's you know, an art film, but it's about as exploitation-y as possible at the same time. So, uh, not referencing, just uh, recommending necessarily. I'm just kind of, like, thinking about it in terms of this, of being a somewhat similar setup of bored Nazis in their um, stolen villas. Well, I guess in Salah they would have been uh, Mussolini's fascist, but, you know, same idea, sort of. <laughs> well, of course, uh, when we talk about, you know, World War II in Germany, we're going to start uh, um, referencing Twilight Zone episodes to do the same thing. I mean, you touched on Death's Head Revisited. You have a bit of a... Uh, uh, echo of that with the kind of, um, well, not kind of, but <laughs> an actual, uh, uh, sadist person. Oh, yeah, who's going back to like, you know, take a, a happy walk down the old lane where he, you know, murdered lots of people and tortured them. So um, in this case, it's happy thoughts about people he had nothing to do with killing 150 years ago, but it's like, oh, it's cool. Let's 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 celebrate that. And it's like, yeah, okay. And meanwhile, you know, send some other people off to the camps. All right. I, well, I was about to say this guy's like not I wouldn't say he's uh any cleaner. I mean he's basically playing a practical joke to send people to this guy, right? To the death side. Right, right. Um Schmidt dude. So yeah. <laughs> 
I, I but we we get a lot of World War II vibes in, throughout Twilight Zone for obvious reasons since it was you know only twenty years prior. But we got um um what Passage on Lady Anne and you know the 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 U boat captain and all that. And then there's episodes that we haven't gotten to yet that also cover uh uh the events of World War II. So I'm kind of wondering uh how many episodes of this series also touch on the horrors of the war and uh, and ghost stories associated with it outside of this one. I would I would imagine a few, but for a different reason. On the Twilight Zone, I think it had a lot to do with the fact that Sterling served in the Pacific, right? In this case, I would imagine that there's simply a lot of story war stories that fit the bill. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Well, again, based on anecdotes and anything that seems supernatural or or um you know horror haunted haunted house stories that sort of thing in twilight zone they're more like come out as morality plays right because there's like here's a thing that shouldn't have happened and this is how it should have happened or or you know this is the lesson to be learned whereas again this one is a little more like i'm not calling this journalism it just it it wants to take on that flavor a little more right like a little more <laughs> objective objective of you whereas the twilight zone is perfectly happy to be very subjective um because that I means a tv show you know it's for entertainment for, it can do that for some <laughs> reason i just flashed back to plan nine from outer space because i'm thinking of criswell <laughs> <laughs> future events such as these will affect you in the future and it's like you know it's like the story of plan nine from outer space is it's kind of set up very well Try to set it up seriously, but it's not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is one I I would not call Plan Nine from Outer Space the worst movie ever. I like it quite well, um, but yeah. yeah, this this obviously is a few cuts above that in um, basic quality level. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, almost everything is right. So, well, it has a plot. <laughs> yeah yeah that, that helps and uh, bella lugosi didn't die halfway through it so right you know. right well less than halfway through it <laughs> <laughs> like, like one afternoon's worth of footage of him doing nothing okay <laughs> we're gonna make a movie on that did you want to make any other big observations on uh this one um no i'm just like i'm like i said we're just kind of dipping our toes into this here for for the first time and i'm to see other episodes hopefully ones that weren't recorded off the sci-fi channel in 1996 like this one apparently was did you what? see the <laughs> yeah i saw it i saw saturn. The, the, the saturn logo the old bug for sci-fi channel it was like, well, oh gosh the next one i'm recording and i guess the next one that's going to air is uh the navigator which i watched that on a very nice looking print on youtube so some of these you can watch in a nice I was actually kind of disappointed that I couldn't find like such a clean one for the Avengers because the Navigator looked good. <laughs> I suspect that uh, that one was probably ripped from a DVD. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so, and I was... so I don't know if it should be on you. You, you say it's public domain. I don't know. Is it really public domain, the series? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, because there's many different DVD sets with different... I, I think there might be a few specific episodes that uh, maybe CBS still has the rights to, but not the entire show. So it aired on ABC and it oh. came from what studio? Well, it says ABC Films, but that's kind of generic. I don't know if that they acquired it from the original. It wasn't even called One Step Beyond. It was called Alcoa Presents. 
one step beyond. Correct. If you look for it on Wiki, you actually have to type that in to, or you'll get mm-hmm. like the Madness album. So, <laughs> one step beyond. Yeah, I know we're going to touch on that eventually. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I guess I'm going to throw my modified questions your way. Um, who in this episode took that step beyond? Uh, well, uh, the general got his comeuppance after being horrible, kind of, yeah, being absolutely terrible and then kind of half acidly haunted really it wasn't he wasn't like like a modern day haunting would have been a lot more severe before it got to the uh the final uh the final moment but we only had 25 minutes so he was just spooked by some music and uh then got trampled by invisible peasants i guess i don't know <laughs> how, how about his lady uh she's a little resistance resistant to the whole idea obviously she tips people off she ends up getting shot in the back um <laughs> yeah the, uh well, she didn't deserve it. She tried to. She tried to help, and of course, you know. She, I guess she, we're already uh, on the uh, deserve it question. Sacrifice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll put a pin in that. Um, I, I, I did want to bring up the priest, the, the guy who actually does show up. Um, if is he like more of like a? Well, in the zone, we'd say he's like more of the zone, right? But that kind of breaks down here because it is supposed to be based on a, an actual event. But is, does the priest just have giant balls, I guess is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he came in lieu of the actual guests. I guess he arranged for them to escape or something so they wouldn't have to, <clears throat> excuse me, be a part of this Um. This Maybe terrible uh, distraction hoax. here. I don't know. Or distraction. Yeah, I think, yeah, stepping up, you know, when he knew he was probably going to get killed by the end of the evening was pretty uh, ballsy. So, uh, yeah, but I don't know if he's of the supernatural realm. He might have some vague connection, like maybe he he's heard stories throughout his life about this uh, um, previous um the previous party, the the haunting as the, the the castle, and he might believe in it to some degree, as much as his faith allows. But uh, I don't know if he was instrumental in you know <laughs> riling up the ghosts and bringing them to the castle with him or anything. Well, hell of a party, right? They the town remembers it 150 years later. So it, it, that's it, called it, being it a was legend. One hell of a party. That's one way to become a legend. <laughs> <laughs> So and those are really the only three characters we deal with, right? Yeah. Like, well, you have lots of ghosts, but um and musicians quite... who aren't really good musicians. <laughs> yeah. So there's scripted musicians from the army to play his music. They do have a fair amount of like background people, but yeah, you know, when I was doing the trivia after the top three, I was like, well, there's just some names here. I don't even remember who these people are, uh, having watched the episode. <laughs> so uh, I guess, yeah, she doesn't deserve it. She's trying to stop people from being sent to a concentration camp. So that that getting shot in the back for that kind of sucks. Um, he's a Nazi. So on the does it deserve it question, I mean, it's like Death's Head Revisited for me. There's really no argument here. Unless <laughs> yes, to. full stop. He deserves it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it helped many people. Well, he, actually. Terrible from the first moment. It's like, okay. <laughs> Um, I, I guess I, I want to put him on a scale of other film Nazis, though. Uh, we got Christopher Watts's character from Inglorious Bastards. We could consider. Uh, we we already considered Captain Schmidt from Death's Head. Who 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 do you think is uh cinema or television's uh worst Nazi? 
That's a hell of a question. <laughs> it's like, is there is there a worse Nazi? Well, okay, fictional yeah. Nazi. You can't just the one at the top. Oh, yeah, fictional Nazi. Um, <laughs> or at least not like super well known. Because I guess I guess Schindler was like I always like well, Mister Todd from Raiders. I thought he was a pretty pretty creepy Nazi. <laughs> Although he's into a scientific um expedition as opposed to doing like you know what they're doing back home so well he's a non-military nazi he's like a one that's not in a uniform you know as a general or whatever yeah 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 yeah. not actually going out and doing things but he's just in it because hey this is great i love this whole nazi lifestyle with the black hat and cloak and some of them yeah as far as being nefarious as far as yeah nefarious yeah yeah yeah, really really uh um uh behind the scenes kind of nazi <laughs> i'm kind of bringing it up though because i i kind of feel like my answer might be the the death's head nazi uh common don schmidt or whatever i feel like i don't i feel like you don't get nastier that just because he revels in what he did you know he loves it like f- 15 years later yeah i've i've seen few portray that way because um, most Nazi stories kind of end with the war, right? But this is like a post-war or one that got away. A heart attack and having all of his bones broken for some reason. Yeah, <laughs> great, great fate, great fate for this guy. So yeah. <laughs> well, I guess that's the deserving it thing. And and the priest, I guess we've talked about a little bit. He kind of knows what he's getting into, but uh, is it self-sacrificing that what he's doing? I guess. I mean, that's pretty much it. So. Did he actually end up shooting him, or I'm, I'm sorry, I'm trying to remember what happened. Okay, yeah, actually, he did. You know, once we get with um, with with our Nazi fellow going like full cray cray, right? You know, we kind of lose track of everybody else. Yeah, he goes running off, and yeah, ends up locked in that room. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, I kind of so, lost track of the of the priest at that point. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he just slipped away. I don't know. Yeah, hope he lived to see another day. <laughs> Or, or we're both forgetting something important. Um, let's put this on the tripometer. Of course, zero is not trippy. Five is extremely trippy. Uh, where would you like to place this one? Well, as a ghost story, I didn't feel like we really got a lot of menace from the ghosts. We got some music. We got uh, a laughing girl who we... You know, we know who she is, but there's no real discussion of her. The only reason we know her name is because Newland says it at the beginning of the episode. They don't have any discussion about about the fate of the original Marquis and his family. Um, um, the trippiest thing I think was the uh, his fate, where he is um, supposedly died of a heart attack, and we established that he did have a heart condition, so that. Um, well, you use was plausible, works. but then the, the twist, works. yeah, but the twist was the broken bones, and I guess that's we're supposed to believe that those are been, um, the cause of the uh, uh, uh the result of the um, the uh, the ghost. So that part was uh, a weird twist, but it was, but since it was delivered at the end, is kind of like an afterthought. And I don't know, I, I would probably give the whole thing maybe a two. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's what that's where I was thinking. I was specifically going to say I can't go past the two point five. Um, with the the final qualifier being that 
Well, these ghosts are not as creepy as the Elm Street kids as far as sitting, singing <laughs> ghosts go. And I, I know that I'm judging it based on something that came much later, but you know, the Elm Street kids are so creepy as far as musical ghosts go that uh, this this can't really stand up to that. <laughs> well, it'll be interesting to see what other stories uh, Mr. John Newland has in store for us uh, along either these lines or other lines. Yeah. Um, did you have any other final thoughts you want to throw out on this one? Or I, I will tell people what's up with that, I guess. Um, can't can't think of anything. Like I said, we're all kind of new due to this uh, this series, so no. we can't even compare it to itself. <laughs> <laughs> well, m- next week, maybe we can a little bit. Uh, so just for, for people listening and, and not necessarily looking at the notes on the podcast, uh, next week will be the episode The Navigator. And the one after that, the name is escaping me, but it's the one with Elizabeth Montgomery in it. So whichever one that is, is two weeks from now. Um, <laughs> you mean Elizabeth Montgomery as seen on the Twilight Zone? That Elizabeth that's right. Montgomery? That's right. That's right. Um, <laughs> that young raven haired girl? Yeah, I don't know what color hair she's going to have in, in the beyond. So <laughs> I don't think that was her actual color. <laughs> <laughs> um, as for us, it is Time Enough Podcast. We are Time Enough Pod on X and facebook um i don't like saying x okay <laughs> uh we're on Patreon. the dying platform formerly known as twitter <laughs> yes 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 that's good that's what's gonna kill it nobody wants to call it x okay it's like that's not a name that's a letter at least he didn't choose z i guess we wouldn't give him that because you could see it on must doing that <laughs> no he chose the letter that most resembled a swastika yeah i there i said it <laughs> <laughs> okay um on patreon we're on podcastio podcastius we do other ones uh like films and filth where we talk about the 100 best and bottom 100 movies as voted by imdb users a call disney we talk about all the weird and disney films and there's video game stuff like luke loves pokemon hyrule field report about zelda and the game game show where gamers game each other about games so if you'd like to help us keep the lights on there you'll get episodes early people start getting just invited on the podcast at this point so you know <laughs> that's what <laughs> that's what happens wander on in and uh who knows you'll be behind this microphone next thing you know talking about the twilight zone or a really bad movie <laughs> a really good movie or an yeah, ostensibly yeah. good movie <laughs> yeah yeah that one didn't okay <laughs> all right uh i'm gonna plan my party i guess uh Actually, I don't think I've planned a party for 20 years. I don't think I like party planning. I just want to know where in Euro Disney do I go for uh for the Marquis de la de la Mars? Um Phantom, Phantom Manor. No, that's the that's what they call it in China. I think it's just I don't know what it is in Paris. I've only been to one Disneyland. I got a lot to catch up on. I wanna I wanna recreate the last party held at the Parisian Planet Hollywood. I heard one say life is to despise Yet saw heaps of words with my own eyes 
And on despite the cleft, this is the mission we took. Seeing prophecy everywhere we look. Alive, alive. Lost my thousand yards step, this is the mission we took. See prophecy everywhere we look. Alive, 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 life, it's all about being 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 alive, life. All of us are here now forever One and all, we're in it together Answers yes, mm, yeah This is the mission we took Seeing prophecy everywhere we look Alive, alive Alive, alive It's all about being alive, alive It's all about being alive, alive Being alive, life. It's all about being alive.